Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast, episode 2131. Oh, <laughs> <ten> shy. <laughs> episode 31. Um, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And Tony. Happy election day. Yes, erection day. And <laughs> um, we're recording on New Zealand's election day. We've got Orange Guy in the studio. Yeah, there's an orange guy. Yeah. Uh, he's not in the studio. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought he was coming in. <laughs> the silent orange guy. Um, orange guy is the uh, election mascot, which sucks. <laughs> we have, because we've got orange guy for election, and then there's stick man for pack and save, which is the oh, yeah, cheapo supermarket. Yeah. Jeez, these mascots, you really don't try hard here, do no, we? No, not at all. Not like the, you don't see like the full on baseball mascots wandering around like a humanoid kind of soft toy thing wandering around ever do you yeah. no i mean the, the best thing you get here is larry the lamb for the canterbury rugby team there's a guy in a rugby jersey with a lamb head with on the lamb like a lamb's head on the, that they probably all just pissing at like <laughs> half time <laughs> like it's just ugh. yeah um you haven't voted yet uh, I'm voting the Sabo. I, I was like, uh, check what time they, the polls close, and it's 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like a lotto draw. Yeah. yeah. It was lotto at 7, I thought it was 8. Uh, the, I think they close at 7. They close it at 7. Oh, okay. You got yeah. an they got an, so they got an hour for some reason. <laughs> Important. I don't know why. Stuff. Uh, yeah, so I want to go and, and poke around uh, a place I'm not normally allowed to go without being the, having the police called on me, like a, a school or something. Yeah, what sort of places have you narrowed it down to? You want to visit a school hall? Um, well, it's either a school hall or a church. I mean, I have no religious feelings whatsoever, but I quite like going into kind of weird fundy churches. One <laughs> <laughs> to see if I burn up when I walk in there. Yeah. But um, also just to sort of I'd like to see if I can see you know, what sort of stuff they have on the, on the walls. Many of their like community notice boards, mm. like I like reading, reading those oh, they're things. Always good stuff they're, and they're really always gold. the same font yeah <laughs> let's see if you can um see if you can if uh there's one of those notices with the take a phone number where it's cut up at the bottom like oh yes passes. yes where you rip those off at the bottom yep yeah um grab one yeah well i call them live on po- on air on the podcast <laughs> yeah, let's do that they're like hey it's a litz here <laughs> like who is it dear <laughs> it's litz we're a podcast <laughs> um I quite like when they have them. I saw one recently at the supermarket around the Community Watch. You can pull it off to uh, join the Community Watch Brigade. Mm-hmm. That'd be quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a really dodgy one um, at uh, one of the supermarkets I visit, um, Countdown. They had, Typical view. Yeah, they had... Um, it was something like... Let me think of the words. It was... Um, Male looking for female masseuse or something like that. (laughs) It's really bad. Like, um, call this number, you know, no questions asked type thing. It's really odd to just have at a supermarket. Yeah. 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 You do see things like like that and um, flatmates. And there's one I heard that was publicized recently where there was like uh, a guy looking for female flatmates. Mm -hmm. And like the conditions was like, you know, no pets, non-smoker, must be able to do friends with benefits. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh. Obviously. I don't know if you can ask that. <laughs> Did they actually have that on the that card? It was actually on the card, yeah. Well, it was, it was online, not in the supermarket, but it was <laughs> it was a story that floated around here a couple of weeks ago um, about some, some guy on, like, Trade Me, our um, version of um, eBay. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I was just trying to find... I took a photo of it and sent it some, to some people for... For shits and gigs, but I can't see it now. Obviously, I wasn't important enough to get it sent to me for shits and gigs, so that's nice to know. No, it wasn't you. (laughs) No. Oh, that motorbike's going to do my head in. It's driven past. Yeah, there's a guy who's just... Oh, here it is. I found it. Revving his motorcycle. And luckily that uh, Luke was a bit late to the record because of other life ordeals. I was voting. Yes, and you're getting, I was choosing and you're, and, a leader of our nation. And That's more important. And you're getting the and you're getting the car that I sold you with mechanical defects rectified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I found the ad, and it's way better than I thought. Okay. Than I remember. Okay. It says, That's "Lady serious. wanted for massage by a guy." <laughs> that was much better. That it says, "Text Margaret," <laughs> and a phone number. <laughs> It's brilliant. I don't understand that at all. Like, what? Are, what is? What is Margaret? What's Margaret's end game here? It's the thing, right? Like, lady wanted for a massage by a guy. If it was like text Daryl and like, <laughs> it was, you know, some horrible guy who was 
wanting to feel up some woman. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should get Margaret on the line and find out what her game is. I, I, I don't want any form of possibility of yeah. being able to trace it back. I don't want a Margaret in my Hello? life. Hello? Is that Maggie? <laughs> Maggie, it's Litz here. <laughs> um, shall we jump into um, a hypothetical question? Yeah. And then... Could this um, be an extra hypo hypothetical, perhaps? Um I wasn't aware of this ahead of time. Oh, so. Okay, we do have to plan these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's, I'm hoping it makes sense and it's not a fail like some of my other attempts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry, turn your nose up. <laughs> I didn't turn my nose up. I turned my nose up. You won't be able to hear me very well on the on the mic. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so you know, back in medieval times, I'm not sure I wasn't there. <laughs> um, how anyone who was catapults, a witch was there was catapults. Moats. There was ducking stools. Moats. <laughs> yeah. Drawbridges. Yep. Do you know a moat isn't necessarily always on the outside of a castle? Disagree with you on that. Hundred percent. Sweet. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Black Death. Yep. Oh, that might be a little bit later. So I'm thinking of the yeah. Plague. I'm thinking of the times where um, people were being burned for being witches. Okay, burned at the stake. Yeah. Let's say um, a lifelong buddy of you live you live in this time, right? So I'm um, Ye Oldie Ton. Yeah, Ye Oldie Ton lives with a friend, Ye Oldie Luke. Um, not like that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> people would probably talk. Um, and uh, you know how if someone was suspected of being a witch, they would be burned at the stake, right? Or hung Three, or, or thrown off or a something. cliff or something like yeah. that. So, or drowned. Let's imagine that the the um, law is also that if you know of someone who is a witch, you have to report it. Otherwise, you are just as guilty as said witch. Okay. And then um, one day while we're living together. You're in a dingle dangle from you called there on the designer rubbish bin, <laughs> rubbish aren't you? Bin, yeah, yeah. I'm standing again if anyone. I mean, you could probably you tell by. your diaphragm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think. Um, uh, let's say you live with ye oldie Luke and ye oldie Luke turns out to be a low level witch. Oh. Low level as in not sinister, but could like make the salt come across the table into my hand if okay. I needed the salt. So a convenient witch. Yeah, like I wouldn't have the power to go and, you know, do your bidding or do my own bidding for that matter. So you're kind of a shit-ass witch. Yeah, a shit witch. <laughs> yeah, shit but witch. a witch nonetheless. Okay. I just feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm wondering, and I keep rattling this rubbish bin, wondering, um, would you dob in Luke, ye oldy Luke, knowing that Mm-hmm. You are just as likely just to as be caught. As yep. you, yep. Or um, do you try and keep it quiet at the risk of someone finding so out? So, do you? Is this a case where you tell me it? Like you, you, you come out of the supernatural closet to me, or do I just start noticing things? I'm like, pass me the salt, and you're like, Junk. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I think you won't mm, notice. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so. It's, um, I'm like, dude, are you a witch? And you're like, oh, I'm a bit of a shit witch. <laughs> yeah, I'm a shit witch. I'm yes. Like, oh, that's, um, I'm happy for you. And I'm like, don't tell anyone. And you say... What's in it for me? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got to figure out. <clears throat> well, you, well, okay, well, what are you going to offer me? Like, what, 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 could, what could you do that would make my life better? Other than passing condiments. This feels like this hypothetical is coming back on me it now. It does kind of, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't it really happen that way? I would um, spruce up the place. You'd have so much more free time because I would make sure that the washing was on the correct racks by magic. Would you do all the washing for me? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have to do it. I could just magic it. Okay. But yeah. Which is the middle, a middle ages equivalent of a washing machine. Yeah. Yeah. Magic I feel like you would have a problem with that, though. I, w- I think that you actually enjoy doing the washing I in think, a very specific way. Yeah, well, yeah, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, uh, I would uh, offer. Well, yeah, because I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about maybe an investment to get a cleaner to come in. Like, just once a week or something, just do a wee spruce of the house. Because I spend a lot of time cleaning. You wouldn't like that. I wouldn't, I've realised I wouldn't like that. I wanted wouldn't it myself. Like yeah. No, I wanted it myself. It has to be done your way. Otherwise, it would just be... 
I'm paying this person and they're not doing it how I want yeah, it I'll to. Yeah, do- I would be doing it as much You'd as I would. be that pissed yeah. off with the cleaner for using a different type of spray and wipe. Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't like apple. Yeah. No, lemon. Like citrus. Always lemon. Yeah. <laughs> I like citrus or lavender. No apple. <laughs> Apple's always... Uh, the apple ones always remind me of like an old lunchbox. I just can't, oh, can't stand it. Oh, I just had a real throwback to like, you know, you'd open your school bag at like the end of the school holidays and you're about to go back to school and yeah. you'd open your lunchbox and there'd be like a sandwich in there that yeah. had been there for like two and a half weeks and you're like, <gasps> oh yeah. my God, oh my God. <laughs> I remember there was times where like I'd go to school and... Um, there i'd have a lunchbox and for for whatever reason maybe it was like mum dropped off a nice lunch or something like that um and i mum would just say i'll take your lunch again tomorrow same lunch and i'd open it up and like the sandwich would taste like an apple it was just oh. rank didn't make that mistake too many times no <laughs> but now yeah apple scented cleaning products no good also those like apple breath mints just rank. Why would you? I um, had a meeting this week and I bought in lots of apples for like snacks because I want. I was trying to balance with like healthiness yeah. and uh, I had apples and bananas and I had then I also had Whitaker's chocolate bars, <laughs> Tim Tams, yeah. uh, toffee pop biscuits, uh, and scrogan. Yeah. And then for those uh, vegan dairy free people, uh, I had a muesli bar. Yeah. And fruit. Yeah. Apples don't really get touched. And the, yeah. the, I left them sitting, and they brought them back to sort of the reception area, but we left them sitting there, everyone to grab. Sat there all week. Is that right? <laughs> no one of the apples. Eventually just got chucked. Yeah. I don't really like eating apples because they get stuck in my teeth. They're always in my teeth. Then why'd you buy them? Maybe your for friend other, has that. For other people. No, I always see people eating apples. Oh, really? Anyway, so you're dubbing me or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, what I, no. What, what, what do you think um, would be handy? For a magic <clears throat> apprentice slash cleaner. Slash. Well, well we, we started with the cleaning and stuff and the mm. domestic duties, and I don't think that would work. I mean, what if I got like, like I think let's think of life in the Middle Ages where it was sort of pretty depressing. Can you like start a fire? Or can you yes. like cure me if I feel sick? Or you, that um, shit I think I could get you 80% cured. Yeah. Okay. This would be quite useful to have you around. <laughs> yeah. Like quite a literal witch doctor. So, um, the authorities um, catch on to this. These two dudes who live together, <laughs> just and two cool dudes hanging out, fire lit, yeah, um, and never run out of firewood. And two two dudes living together in an immaculately just clean two dudes house, just hanging out together in this immaculately clean house. Yeah, and they come immaculate. door knocking, and they say to you, "I know he's a witch. Confirm it for us, and you go free, or you're both implicated." What do you do there? I'm like, oh, I don't actually know if he is a witch. <laughs> he can be a bit of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Or just be like, he's a shit witch anyway. Yeah. It's like, well, people, yeah, he's not a bitch. People call him an old bitch. That's about the closest he gets. I'm not sure about a witch. You may have just misheard them. Well, that's good. That means that you're not, you wouldn't dob me in. No, I call you a bitch. Would, do you think, okay, if, would you dob me in if I wasn't helping? If I was oh, just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Like if you were slobbing. Slovenly. Slovenly. <laughs> okay. I was about to throw this thing in the bin. It's up here with my microphone on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, this, okay. is the, this is the first podcast I've ever sat on the squeaky chair, to be honest. Oh, you're on the squeaky well, chair. No, yeah, I can say it's more comfortable than sitting on the plastic chair that I'm I normally glad, sit on. I'm glad the squeaky chair gets a bit of a use. Um, should we draw a line <clears throat> under that hypothetical? Yeah. Anything else to add? You, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like a little bit miffed because you'd dub me in if I didn't do your What's washing for, for you. <laughs> What's they're going to burn me at the stake or throw me off a cliff? And you've done nothing for me. Well, I mean, lived with you. I'm a friend of yours. What companionship? Yeah, companionship doesn't, doesn't exactly. count in my eyes any more <laughs> no. than that. Sorry, I need something more out of this relationship than companionship. Sheesh. Well, you've shown your true colours. Like white, because I'm a white guy, so what you mean? <laughs> Just move on. Okay. Okay, so um, this week you've brought a... a um, picking up a squeaky chair. Do we mention this is a banked one? Do nah. We, <laughs> nah, don't tell them. <laughs> don't tell them it's a banked nah, one. Nah, they didn't know. Don't tell them we recorded yesterday, episode 30. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, 
this may or may not be a banked episode so do you know it's it interesting election day in the states it's always like a tuesday or something isn't it it's always like a weekday or yeah i think it, it was wednesday last time wednesday is it always like, yeah like and that's a big problem because it's like people have to get trying to get off get work, work and, and stuff work. yeah so and, and it goes back to some like crazy thing around like people i think travel people like back in the ancient times traveling and start from, slagging off other people i'm not no, i'm just saying it's like an old-fashioned <laughs> thing that hasn't been changed but, yeah yeah, isn't that weird to think that, that you have well, to... Well, uh, it's probably worth noting that our um, polling has been open for like a week now. You can yeah, go in any time over the last week. And I think it's already like, already like 80,000 people, which is big for us. No, 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 no. It's almost a million people. <laughs> have voted? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I was, was 800,000. 800,000. Yeah, yesterday. So wow. by, the, by, by this morning... I left a zero is, off. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, there's almost a million people voted out of our out of our... Almost five million. I think there's like two and a half million registered to vote. Yeah, and there's like four point eight million in the country. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one million had already done it uh, because they made it really easy this year. Because the, there's something like a hundred and hundred odd more places you can vote. Yeah, and you can vote out of your region and all okay, that so sort of our, stuff. Okay, so our infrastructure is abysmal. Throwback to last week's um, <laughs> pipeline fuel spilling yeah. all over the yeah, place because that one twenty-four centimeter pipeline supplies the whole country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or in like another, one I thought of is there's like on our main highway, there's like a number of like one lane bridges, like rookety old one lane bridges. Yeah, and like if that one lane bridge falls off, there's like a ten hour detour. Yeah, yeah. This this <laughs> like slip in Kaikoura or something, which is like what three hours yeah. away. Not even. It's like two hours away. Yeah. And if the something happens with the road, which is kind of built on the side of a hill, yeah, like <laughs> on the side of a cliff, yeah, sea on one side, yeah, yeah. and mounted on the other. Anything happens in your another twelve hours out yeah. of your way. Oh, but we got marriage equality, and we've got um, <laughs> beautiful voting. scenery and the scenery. Yeah, it's the scenery. Just please, if you're gonna if you're gonna come here, there's a big problem with tourists doing poos outside. <laughs> Like there outside isn't. of the event, oh, there Are you is serious. No, there was that. There was been, it's been a number of issues, and they've had to put this this um, Department of Conservation hut up by this like this this blue lake up in the Nelson Lakes National Park. Yeah, because it's turning into a brown lake. Because people keep doing poos on the side of the lake. Oh wow. This, Maybe they think the blue lake is like when people put their toilet yeah. cleaner in the toilet, and the water turns. <laughs> it's a good point. So well, you you did you used my toilet last night with my lavender one. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't yeah. leave it at blue and go lavender and go yeah. sorts. Good point. Anyway, please don't do poos in our lakes. <laughs> this means you yeah um okay let's jump into um a story from your uh collection of stories so i said um we're back to ufos we've come we've had a couple weeks off you didn't say that on here you said it earlier to you yeah okay um we're back to ufos now you've said it so i said earlier how we're back to ufos yes yeah just Just a couple of seconds ago yeah so i actually thought um let's start at the beginning the the first ufo of the modern era so when does the modern era start 1947 oh yeah so have you ever heard of a man by the name of ken or kenneth arnold rings a bell yeah do you remember you may not have seen it but it did strike me when we were coming in someone um, struck you oh my god ouch (laughs) (laughs) when we were flying into seattle Yes. Uh, from Salt Lake City. Utah. Utah. Yeah. Um, we flew past Mount Rainier. Yeah. As it came into descending, it was quite obvious. And yep. you can see it quite clearly around from that part of the world. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, Mount Rainier. This is where Kenneth Arnold saw his UFO. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember you saying that. Oh, okay. So, so it didn't happen. All right. Sounds, <laughs> sounds fair. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I was that interested then. No, I don't think you were. Mm. No, this was what, three I was probably or... tired from traveling. <laughs> but anyway. I'm sorry. God. You show a little bit of enthusiasm, something I'm passionate for. Yeah. To be fair, the whole, reason, the whole reason we went to Seattle was so I could go to the Boeing factory. So there was a lot of a detour for a passion. The whole reason, reason we went to um, Salt Lake City is so you could catch another plane. Yeah, I wanted to fly on a 757 <laughs> and then fly on Alaska exactly. Airlines. Yeah. And then we stopped in Chicago with the with another UFO thing happened. Yeah, we did. We've been in that we've been in that concourse building where that UFO hovered above yeah. just a few years prior to that. But there was also so you could catch a different plane. Yeah, flew <laughs> uh, in a jungle jet. Yeah, there you go. yeah. Anyway, anyway, made a boss of what I hear. <laughs> Fly on. <laughs> it's a private joke. 
<laughs> I got my sister all worried about flying on on one <laughs> made yeah. a plane made of balsa wood because <laughs> they're made they're made in they're made in Brazil and we yeah. <laughs> Oh, good times. Cool. Okay. So dive in. <clears throat> okay. Enlighten us. So By us, I mean me and anyone listening. And, you know, so, yeah, so this is really the beginning of the modern era. So let's crack on with it. The Kenneth Arnold UFO sighting occurred on June 24, 1947, when private pilot Kenneth Arnold claimed that he saw a string of nine shiny, unidentified flying objects flying past Mount Rainier. 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 This was the first post-war sighting in the United States that garnered nationwide news coverage and is credited with being the first of the modern era of UFO sightings. I've already said this. <laughs> including numerous reported sightings over the next two to three weeks and culminating in one of the most famous UFO encounters of all time. Do you have any idea when Operation Paperclip was underway? Wasn't it much later than that? Uh, it was sort of not long after this. Yeah, okay. I think it was like 48 or 49 paperclip. Interesting. Arnold's description of the objects also led to the press quickly coining the terms flying saucer and flying disc as popular descriptive terms for UFOs. So he obviously was saying flying saucer and flying disc in the description terms rather than like uh, sort of like shiny alien shit. Yeah. <laughs> if he'd said shiny alien shit, UFOs could have been or you know, flying saucers could have been you know, SAS. I heard that... Oh, look, um, there's an SAS in the sky. <laughs> shiny alien shit. I hear there's an issue with um, not only tourist, but also shiny alien shit around <laughs> rural New Zealand. <laughs> Taking shits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Flying discs or AKA shiny alien shits. <laughs> Opening up their, uh, yeah, portals, anyway. <laughs> dumping their toilets for toilet service. Okay. So on June 24, 1947, Arnold was flying in his small private aircraft on a business trip to Washington State. Business. Uh, recant that in Washington State. He made a brief detour after learning of a $5,000 reward for the discovery of a US Marine Corps C-46 transport plane that had crashed near Mount Rainier. The skies were completely clear and there was a slight, mild wind. I Important like to the story. I like that. Yeah, I left that in. I, when I was trimming some of these, this content out, I thought, no, I'm leaving that in. I like slight mild wind. Because <laughs> we've all had a little mild wind from time to time. And yeah. it's, it can be a little uncomfortable. But hey, if you're flying by yourself in a private aircraft, just do it. Who's going to care? Uh, importantly, Operation Paperclip was 1945-ish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that changes things. Um, just to um, enlighten anyone who's unfamiliar, Operation Paperclip was when... Yeah, it would um, have been more 45, definitely, because it would have been the end of World War Two. End of World War Two, yeah, exactly. So, end of World War Two, um, a bunch of German scientists, um, no matter whether they committed crimes during the war or not, um, we were sent to... Were sent to? <clears throat> Were welcomed into America and given yeah, jobs. Yeah, I think they were kind of said it was either you stay here and you'll get thrown in jail and prosecuted for international war crimes, or you can come and, and work, work for and, us. Work for us. Yeah. So um, there's theories around uh, scientists from Operation Paperclip being responsible for um, uh, taking kind of Roswell tech, alien tech, mm. and um, what are the, what's the word? Reverse reverse, reverse engineering. engineering. Yeah. So that yep. was, and that, that, that Netflix doco I told you about that talks a lot about that, about what potentially Nazi scientists had and knew. Yeah. And um, then once, uh, you know, as part of Paperclip, what they were able to uh, create with that tech once they had sort of, um, I mean, they had they had sort of the, the, the knowledge, but they didn't have the resources in Nazi Germany. But I think the, the US had the money to throw everything at it with a booming economy post-World War II. Mm -hmm. And yeah, able to make some uh, big and rows in reverse engineering that tech which is interesting that the first um if operation paperclip um took these scientists in 1945 and you're saying the first um sightings were two years later yeah. around 1947 that potentially um, could be ties up it ties up yeah so um what's the name of the um documentary do you remember because uh, we've mentioned the documentary and people will say which one. Yep, I knew that and I, and, I, and I just can't remember it. Okay, I'll keep looking. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I was up to this mild wind part again. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the you know, if you think the, um, the scientist who designed the uh, rocket boosters for the Apollo missions yep. was the same one who uh, designed the V2, V2 bombs, yeah. rockets, or V2 rockets. Werner von Braun? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
So a few minutes before 3pm at about 9,000 feet or 2,800 metres uh, near Mineral, Washington, he gave up his search and started, and that was for the C-46, it's been about 10 minutes since we last <laughs> talked about the story, so <laughs> yeah. he gave up his search for the missing aircraft and started heading eastward towards his landing spot. Mm-hmm. Suddenly he saw a bright flashing light similar to sunlight reflecting from a mirror. So I guess as it sort of catches on that corner and stings you in the eye. Oh, yep, yep. Afraid stings you in the eye. Stings you in the eye. Um, Afraid he might be dangerously close to another aircraft, Arnold scanned the skies around him, but all he could see was a DC-4 commercial airliner to his left and behind him, about 24 kilometres or 15 miles away. About 30 seconds after seeing the first flash of light, Arnold saw a series of bright flashes in the distance off to his left, or north of Mount Rainier. And Mount Rainier at that point was about 40 kilometres or 20 to 25 miles away from Arnold. Arnold realised that the reflections came from flying objects. They flew in a long chain and Arnold for a moment considered they might be a flock of geese, but quickly ruled this out for a number of reasons, including the altitude, bright glint and the obviously very fast speed. You found it yet? No, still looking. No, yeah. I'm having issues with your internet again. It hates me. Mm. But carry on. Uh, he then thought they might be a new type of jet and started looking intently for a tail and was surprised that he couldn't find anything. Mm. No, no luck yet? No, no luck yet. But oh, carry for on. For God's sake. I've got it on my phone. I've got Netflix on my phone. Nice. So I think this is this is where maybe we're coming back to it. So uh, it's post-World War II. It's a time of uh, increasing uh, development in military tech. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking maybe I've seen uh, something that's, uh, I guess, a new type of uh, aircraft or... Any of these? Um, unacknowledged? Unacknowledged, yeah. Unacknowledged. Which is 2017, an hour and 43 minutes, adult. It's very good. Watch <laughs> it. I absolutely guarantee you'll love it. If you, if you like paranormal stuff, it's very credible. Which hopefully you do. Otherwise, <laughs> well, you listen to the podcast <laughs> for our jokes. Yeah. <laughs> They're not that good. Keep it in this rubbish bin. But carry on. So, yeah, so he's thinking, okay, you see these objects flying in formation, they look like military craft, but they don't bear any resemblance to a conventional aircraft. There's there's no there's no tail um, as that a normal aircraft would have, so that surprised Arnold. Mm-hmm. So they quickly approached Mount Rainier and passed in front, appearing unusually dark in profile against the bright white snowfield covering Mount Rainier, but occasionally still giving off bright light flashes as they flipped around erratically, catching the sun. Erotically. Ooh. <laughs> You're flipping around erotically. <laughs> um, sometimes he said he could see them on an edge when they seemed so thin and flat they were practically invisible. Arnold described them as a series of objects with curved or round shapes, though he later revealed that one object differed, being crescent shaped. Crescent. Crescent shaped. Yeah, I said crescent, like you live down a crescent. <laughs> crescent shaped. <laughs> Shaped like a small private road, <laughs> which if you throw back to last t- episode, uh, if you ever, you know, if our last explorers encountered one, it would have deterred them. But not yeah, Arnold, true. not Arnold. <laughs> when he strikes a, a crescent, like a, a private road, he'll, he'll proceed <laughs> with caution, but proceed anyway. Mm-hmm. Arnold would state he likened their movements to saucers skipping on water without comparing their actual shapes to saucers. But initial quotes from him do indeed have him comparing the shape to a saucer, disc, Pie pan, half moon, or generally convex and thin. Mm. Mm. Frisbee? Did he say frisbee? Uh, he said frisbees were invented in the fifties. He said he looked. They look a lot like my friend Mike Frisbee, <laughs> inventor of the frisbee, who modelled <laughs> the frisbee yeah. after um, yeah after his left fingernail. Um, Arnold estimated their angular size as slightly smaller than the DC four flying some distance away. Arnold also said he realised that the objects would have to be quite large to see any details at that distance, and later, after comparing notes with a United Airlines crew that had a similar sighting 10 days later over Idaho en route to Seattle, placed the absolute size as slightly larger than a DC-4 airliner, or greater than 100 metres, sorry, 100 feet, or 30 metres in length. Mm-hmm. Army Air Force, because I mean there was no United States Air Force at this point, analysts would later estimate 140 to 280 feet 
85 meters in length based on analysis of estimated distance and uh, how human vision works at that time. How human vision, vision worked at that time. It works at that <laughs> <laughs> worked at that type of sighting. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't evolved since to have different vision. No. Arnold said the objects were grouped together in a diagonally stepped down echelon formation, mm-hmm. stretched out over a distance that he later calculated to be five miles. Arnold said the objects weaved from side to side, darting through the valleys and around the smaller mountain peaks. They would occasionally flip or bank on the edges in unison, and they turned or manoeuvred, causing almost blindingly bright or mirror-like flashes of light. The encounter gave him an eerie feeling, but Arnold suspected he had seen test flights of a new US military aircraft. He may be on the money there. (laughs) Curious about their speed, he began to time their rate of passage. (laughs) <laughs> passage. passage he said they moved from Mount Rainier to Mount Adams where they faded from view a distance of about 50 miles or 80 kilometres in 1 minute and 42 seconds which is phenomenal when he later had time to do the calculation the speed was over 1700 miles per hour or 2700 kilometres an hour Whoa. this was about 3 times faster than any manned aircraft could fly in 1947 Mm-hmm. It was the supersonic speed, in addition to the unusual saucer or disc description, that seemed to capture people's attention. So, Arnie Boy, he lands in Yakima mm-hmm. at four o'clock, so about an hour after he saw these things. Yeah, and uh, he quickly told a friend the amazing tale, and he was interviewed by reporters the next day. Any scepticism the reporters might have harboured evaporated when they interviewed Arnold at length. Arnold had the markings of a reliable witness. He was a well-respected businessman and an experienced pilot, and seemed to be neither exaggerating what he had seen, nor adding sensational details to his report. Mm -hmm. He also gave the impression of being a careful observer. These details impressed impressed, impressed (laughs) the newspaperman, ah, Mr. Newspaperman, (laughs) who interviewed him and lent credibility to his report. Arnold would soon complain about the effects of the publicity of his life. On June 27, he was reported as saying, I haven't had a moment of peace since I first told the story. He then said a preacher had called him and told him the objects he saw were the harbingers of doomsday and that the preacher was preparing his congregation for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. So you see, no, I mean, <laughs> we've had Planet X, which may or may not have slammed into Earth between now and last week. Yeah. You know, and that causes mass chaos. And this week we've got the um, nine shiny objects in the sky, which obviously <laughs> are the harbingers of, uh, of doomsday. Uh-huh. Um, in another encounter, a woman in a cafe noticed him and dashed out shrieking, That's the man who saw the men from Mars! Oh, God. Just... <laughs> A woman needs to be thrown in a stupid old somewhere. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Just <clears throat> inciting hysteria. On um, so sort of Arnold sort of had a few interviews, of course, and and one of them he sort of uh, had a wee a wee yak about um, the possible non-earthly origins of these craft. So on July seven. 1947, mm-hmm. so not long after the original sighting, a couple of weeks, stories came out where Arnold raised the topic of possible extraterrestrial origins. Arnold was interviewed by the Chicago Times. So he, uh, so the article went, uh, Kenneth Lewis Arnold is not so certain that the strange contraptions are made on this planet. Arnold said he hoped the devices were really the work of the US Army, but he told the Times... If our government knows anything about these devices, the people should be told at once. A lot of people out here are very much disturbed. Some think these things may be from another planet. Ooh, so there he's planting the seed that it's um, extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. So um, Arnold uh, wasn't the only one who saw this mm-hmm. sighting on this day. So I'll lead through a wee list of the people who also claim to have seen something similar. Just which, before you do that. No. I've got Impossible. a little. I've got a little aside here. Okay. Um, I, I mentioned frisbees. Yes. I would have thought that if 
frisbees were mainstream by then they would have been referred to as frisbees rather than saucers that's my that's my theory i just looked up the um inventor of the frisbee mike frisbee yeah walter frederick morrison okay not mike frisbee um he claimed the idea for a flying disc toy came to in 1937 while throwing a popcorn can lid with his girlfriend lou who he later married oh good i'm so pleased for them (laughs) um developed a business selling flying cake pans on the beaches of santa monica during world war ii he learned something of aerodynamics flying his p-47 thunderbolt in italy he was shot down and was a prisoner of war for 48 days in which time he developed the frisbee in 1946 he sketched out a design called the whirlow way which was the world's first flying disc in 1948 an investor paid for molding the design in plastic um and um sales weren't great until they sold the rights again to in 1957 essentially as a frisbee so they missed out basically by a year damn <laughs> Just an interesting little aside about frisbee design. Thank you for the, the we. Now you know the inventor was in prison for forty-eight days. That's that's a fun fact. A prisoner of war, I should say. Yeah, yeah fun, fun fact. Fun fact. Not for him. I, I hope that didn't. Deter, I hope that criminal record didn't deter him though from advancing his career. Like he was trying to get a job, and they're like, "Oh, so you got a criminal record? If you can't prisoner of war." Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think you get a record. I was for a, that. No, I think you do. <laughs> Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> Can't get, that's why he had to you know, invent his own thing, because he couldn't get a good job, because he had a criminal record. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> he had to go and invent a frisbee. Yeah, that's like, like my, my like McCain couldn't become president, right? Because he, he was a prisoner of war. So he was, <laughs> didn't let him. Criminal record on his job application. I'm sure if that's how it works, but we'll move on. I think it might be. Yeah. So um, Arnold's sighting was partly corroborated. I struggle with that word all the time. Um, Other time. <laughs> yeah, I got cooperated <laughs> that, but I couldn't, I couldn't say Avery. By a prospector named Fred Johnson on Mount Adams, mm-hmm. um, who wrote Army Air Force Intelligence that he saw six of the objects on June 24 at the same time as Arnold. He said they were round and tapered, slightly to a point in the head, and in an oval shape. He also noted the objects seemed to disturb his compass. Oh, poor compass. An evaluation of... The witness by Army Air Force Intelligence found him to be credible. He totally would have just said it looked like a frisbee. The just Portland, saying. Oregon Journal reported on July 4 receiving a letter from an Algie Bernier of Richland, Washington, which is about 110 miles, 180 kilometers east of Mount Adams and 140 miles, 230 kilometers southeast of Mount Rainier. Bernier wrote that he saw three of the strange objects flying over Richland, saying... Almost edgewise was their position in the sky towards Mount Rainier at about one half hour before Arnold had sighted them. Mm-hmm. Bernier thought the three were part of a larger formation. He, uh, he said they were traveling at high speed and no doubt Mr. Arnold saw them for a few minutes or seconds later according to their speed. He saw them for a few minutes or seconds later. I don't know if that makes sense. Just keep going. <laughs> Sorry, LG. <laughs> um, about 60 miles, 97 kilometers west-northwest of Richland in Yakima, Washington, a woman named Ethel Wheelhouse likewise reported sighting several flying discs moving at fantastic speeds at around the same time as Arnold's sighting. When military intelligence began investigating Arnold's sighting in early July, they found yet another witness from the area, a member of the Washington, Washington State Forest Service, who had been on firewatch at a tower in Diamond Gap, about 20 miles, 32 kilometres south of Yakima, and he reported seeing flashes. Oh. <laughs> flashers? Flashers. <laughs> People flashing. flashing their bits. <laughs> at 3pm. Ah, oh, that motorbike. On the 24th over Mount Rainier, or exactly the same time as Arnold's sighting, um, and that appeared to move in a straight line. Similarly, at 3pm, Sidney B. Gallagher in Washington State reported seeing nine shiny disks flash by to the north. Mm-hmm. A Seattle newspaper also mentioned a woman near Tacoma who said she saw a chain of nine bright objects flying at high speed near Mount Rainier 
Unfortunately, this short news item wasn't precise as to time or date, but indicated it was around the same date as Arnold's sighting. Altogether, there were at least 16 reported UFO sightings the same day as Arnold's in the Washington State area. So something either of earthly origin or extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. was up there buzzing. Interesting. Um, so the first investigation of Arnold's claims came from Lieutenant Frank Brown and Captain uh, William Davidson. I was going to say Davidson William. I'm confused because the names are very first naming <laughs> of Hamilton Field in California, who interviewed Arnold on July 12. Arnold also submitted a written report at the time regarding the reliability of Arnold's sighting. I did not pause there because it's a full stop. <laughs> Arnold also submitted a written report at the time, full stop. Regarding the reliability of Arnold's sighting, they concluded, It is the present opinion of the interviewer that Mr. Arnold actually saw what he stated that he saw. It is difficult to believe that a man of his character and apparent integrity would state that he saw objects and write a report up to the extent that he did, if he did not see them. Despite this, the Army Air Force's formal public conclusion was that Arnold had seen a mirage. <laughs> a mirage. <laughs> so stupid. A Mitsubishi mirage. <laughs> Nine Mitsubishi mirages traveling in formation. At 17,000 kilometers an hour or yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> Just drop it down in gear. That's what I reckon. <laughs> um, so Stuart Campbell spelt S-T-E-U-A-R-T. What? No, it isn't. Yes, it is. S-T-E-U. Yeah. A-R-T. Weird. Um, has said that the objects Arnold reported could have been mirages <laughs> of Mitsubishi mirages or, or uh, mirages of several snow-capped peaks in Cascade Range. Campbell's calculation of the object's speed determined that they were travelling at roughly the same speed as Arnold's plane, indicating that the objects were in fact stationary. What? Okay. This yeah. seems like a really convenient... Um calculation to have forgotten about yeah mitsubishi mirages could have been being caused by temperature <laughs> inversions over several deep valleys in the line of sight or produced in a factory in japan some years later and traveled backwards in time mm-hmm. yeah um philip j class cited an article by k davidson of the san francisco examiner in arguing that arnold might have misidentified meteors on june 24 oh, come on these are so far-fetched james it's the thing like if like the explanation that they're either a secret military plane or yeah. they were an extraterrestrial craft are far more reasonable than these skeptical explanations yeah yeah uh james easton was the first of several skeptics to suggest that arnold may have misidentified pelicans the birds live in the washington region are rather large wingspans of over three meters are not uncommon and are known to travel at close to three thousand kilometers an hour no (laughs) No. have a pale underside that can reflect light can fly at a rather high altitudes and can appear to have a somewhat crescent hey god that time (laughs) shaped profile when flying they fly upside down do they Mm. yeah their underside is reflective so naturally (laughs) if you're above them you'd see the reflection so yeah it's upside down yeah um so to round off the story there's an interesting connection here Mm -hmm. on july 8 1947 two weeks after the world was introduced to the concept of the flying saucer Roger Ramey, the commanding general of the 8th Air Force, issued a statement informing the public that the personnel on an army airfield in New Mexico had discovered the wreckage of an experimental military weather balloon that had crashed in the area. Interesting. He released that statement because another press release had gone out earlier that day. One informing the world that personnel from the field's 509th Operations Group had recovered a craft that had crashed on a ranch in the area. The ranch was near Roswell. Roswell. And the craft that had crashed was not a weather balloon. That first statement had said, but a flying disc. (gasps) Cool. That is a good intro into, um, into the first in the modern era. And yeah, really interesting, the timing with um, Operation Paperclip as well. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. And Roswell. Roswell. <laughs> New Mexico. Very New, nice. New Mexico. Um, New Mexico. Anything else to follow up with? Uh, New Mexico. 
I think that um, Kenneth Arnold was a very reliable witness. Um, he definitely saw something. I yeah, think, pelicans. I think um, he definitely saw pelicans. Yeah, I think there was enough people <laughs> um, or who also saw something on that day that it was unlikely to be a mirage. I mean, it could have been pelicans. <laughs> no, it couldn't. Have. It's very unlikely they were Mitsubishi mirages. <laughs> yeah. um, meteors sound a bit dumb and daft. Yeah, um, and reflection of a stationary object yes. also doesn't wash with me. So here's the image that Arnold saw, and you may have seen this before somewhere. And it, to me, it looks a lot like what sort of a, a B2 oh, yeah, bomber yeah. lo- lo- looks like these days. So it's sort of a... Like a big boomerang almost. Yeah, pretty much. It floats like um, flying V almost. Yeah. So and that's what he um, reckoned he saw. Nine of those. Yeah. Or so there was, I think there were eight of those. And then um, potentially... Um, yeah, we said Arnold described them as a series of objects with curves or rounded shapes, though he later revealed that one object appeared, uh, object differed by being crescent-shaped. Yeah. So they may have been a combination of rounded and crescent-shaped objects yeah. that were flying. How very interesting. So, yeah, I think he's a he seemed a reliable witness, and yeah. Yet another reliable witness, Did- and yet another terrible... Um, set of excuses from yeah. the skeptic crowd yeah pelicans meteors or mitsubishi mirages <laughs> just <laughs> nonsense yeah we know for a fact they weren't manufacturing mitsubishi mirages well then. yeah unless unless were mitsubishi mirages actually part of paperclip well, that's a good point undercover yeah. and then when the u.s went into japan and helped them kickstart their water industry and you know <laughs> c- you know get back and get country back in life did they export the secret plans for the mitsubishi mirage mm. That's a very good point. I didn't mean to yawn then. That felt boring. Rude. You are we? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you're bored at this, then God knows what our listeners are thinking. <laughs> ah, they'll they'll suck it up. They'll cope. Stop drinking. Good drinking. I want to drink, so you have to talk. Okay, so um, I think we're done with this, and it's about time to launch into everyone's second favourite segment on the show. It's the first favourite. Um, when the hypotheticals happen. Okay. <laughs> Um, do you want to intro it this time? No. All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> why, just, there's no no rhyme or reason why this is a second favorite segment, or why the hypotheticals will be first. Um, so this is the segment where I flick through. No, the actually, no, we have talked about the introduction of this is the favorite segment, and the second favorite ah, okay. segment is actually the segment itself. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the part of the show where. Um, Oh, I might introduce it. <laughs> you introduce it then. So this is the part of the show where we uh, flip through the 1982 Mysteries of the Unexplained book. Um, so this week it's a... Uh, oh, whose turn is it? Mm, so I did the story, so it must be Carrie the Two. Your turn. Yep. To flip it through. When I say stop, you will identify the section we're in. So it could be coincidences. It could be strange things from above. Or it could be other and uh, you'll pick a, a yarn to share with the audience and, and myself. Um, you know, yep. there could be little tidbits, so we might get multiple titty bits. Uh, we could get some real gold, or it could be silver, bronze, frankincense, myrrh, even worse. Yeah. And this is how we like to end the show. Let's jump into... No, I say that. This, this is how we like to end the show. Okay. Sorry. Uh, done? So let's jump into... Get me some tranche. Music, start now. <laughs> I wondered if you'd start the music. All right, so flicking through the book. Stop. Now. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know what you're looking at. We're into the... Hold that note. Hold that note. While he pads. Easier than talking. Pages are stuck together. Oh, what have you, you been doing with that book? Investigating UFOs. <gasps> You'll like this. <clears throat> Will I? Oh, yeah, I like UFOs. Um, I just recall. Okay. Let's go with... You're going to pick one? Pick one? Pick one? Pick one? Pick one? Yes. You pick one? You pick one? Pick one? A classic in UFO literature is the story of the RB47 radar sighting of July 17th, 1957. Oh, so 10 years after this one. Yeah. This is how it is summarized in the introduction of a long and detailed account of the incident in astronautics and aeronautics magazine published by the ufo subcommittee of the american institute of aeronautics and astronautics none of those titles are very catchy an air force rb-47 equipped with electronic 
countermeasures, gear, and manned by six officers was followed by an unidentified object for a distance of well over 700 miles and for a time period of 1.5 hours, as it flew from Mississippi through Louisiana and Texas and into Oklahoma. The object was at various times seen visually by the cockpit crew as an intensely luminous light, followed by ground radar and detecting on ECM monitoring gear aboard the RB-47. Of special interest in this case are several instances of simultaneous appearances and disappearances on all three of those physically distinct channels, and rapidity and of maneuvers beyond the prior experience of the aircrew. The full report runs for five pages in the magazine listing all the details of the radar and visual obse observations. The repeated sightings coinciding with the unidentified radar blips consisted of an intense white light that seemed to be following the aircraft at times. Attempts to intercept the UFO failed. Project Blue Book finally dismissed the case by identifying the UFO as American Airlines Flight 655. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. A completely unfounded conclusion according to many experts, including the officers of the RB-47. The end. That sounds a bit of a bullshit explanation. Yeah. Almost, as bad, almost as bad as the Mitsubishi Mirage comment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anything else to add for this one? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this. All right. When we learn a bit, we rubbish some claims that uh, seem a little bit falsy, and you're we, still standing. So we, yeah, I'm still standing. Uh, we learned a little bit about frisbees, and we learned a whole lot about frisbees actually. <laughs> but and yeah, and yeah, and look, I'm sorry if I offended anyone with my comments about uh, prisoner of war. <laughs> <laughs> if they're still listening. <laughs> Um, on that not note, being able to get a good job because you're a prisoner of war and had a criminal record. Sorry. On that note, we will call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Join us next week for more casual chat about uncasual things. Uh, catch you next week. Toodaloo.